Hi, my name is Christopher Bruce. I'm a divorce and family law attorney in South Florida with the Bruce Law Firm. And today I have the absolute pleasure to be joined by Genesis Gomez. She is a licensed mental health counselor and relationship expert. She sees clients uh, statewide. And um, we're going to be talking about something I think is really important. Um, and that is um, her top tips for leaving a toxic relationship. So I think this is just going to be really great, especially for the people out there that just feel um, stuck um, in their ability to move on from uh, a difficult uh, spouse or partner. So before we get into uh, your top tips, Genesis, maybe just give us a little bit of background about uh, you and how you gave, uh, came to do this type of work. My name is Genesis Gamis, and I am a licensed mental health counselor. I own a boutique private practice in the state of Florida. Um, I am bilingual, so I provide services in both English and Spanish. And I'm also a Gottman trained couples therapist, and I work a lot um, relationally. I help millennials and older Gen Cs have healthy relationships and heal um, their inner child, heal their attachment wounds, and have healthy relationships in the present. Um, I came to do this, I like to say two things were pivotal. One of them was being an only child and always being around adults, doing a lot of listening um, and really kind of thinking like, wow, why would you think that makes sense? Like I'm eight years old and that doesn't make sense to me, um, but having to like keep that to myself because I was a child. Um, and the second aspect would be my own experience in therapy, um, specifically as a teenager was very transformative. Um, and I kind of knew that I wanted to be able to do that for other people. Um, and I think that all kind of just like led me into this Field. Oh, it's, it sounds like uh, you've really found your place and I'm thrilled that uh, you're here to share some of your expertise. Um, you know, Genesis, before we get into some of um, your tips, if um, you don't mind, just from your professional experience, um, tell everybody how um, being in a toxic relationship um, can um, actually affect a person, maybe beyond the obvious. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to recognize that our mental health and our relationships go hand in hand, and they're not like these completely separate things. Um, so our when, when our relationships are struggling, it can negatively impact our mental health. We can see increase in anxiety symptoms. We can see increase in depression symptoms. Um, we can also see it impacting negative, like a person's self-esteem. Um, we can see issues with stress and like inattentiveness and maybe even making like silly mistakes at work and things like that. Um, and it can also definitely impact like someone's perception of themselves. We all have negative core beliefs that we kind of carry around. Um, some of us are able to kind of distinguish that these are negative core beliefs and that they're not necessarily reality and we can kind of naturally reframe that for ourselves and some other people just really struggle and get stuck in those negative core beliefs and they take these core beliefs as reality right and so for someone who's in a toxic relationship usually the environment of that toxic relationship is going to solidify these negative core beliefs and it can make it very difficult for them to see themselves in, in a good light or even in a realistic light. And it can mm -hmm. be really difficult for someone in that situation to be able to refrain. So that's, that makes a lot of sense. And that's just what you're describing is what some of the clients in, in my law firm are talking about uh, their life being like when they're, they're coming to us and talking to us for the first time. And sometimes people don't really realize that's what's happening to them um, until they've had a chance to reflect, um, you know, after uh, the process. So I'm glad that you touched on that. And 
I, I, I at least feel for uh, some people, um, especially when they've um, been in um, a difficult relationship for a really long time. Um, you know, sometimes people are, you know, married to somebody or not even married, but in a relationship for decades, most of uh, their adult life before they realize that they're at the spot to where, um, you know, really they should think about moving on um, and separating themselves from the, the person. Um, and I'm just curious for, for your take on, for people in that position, what's, uh, if you have like a, a, a top tip, this is top tips, but a top tip for the, the first thing they do, um, what, what would that be? So typically when we're in a toxic relationship, we are focusing on the other person. Um, the way that we navigate life is focused on them. How am I not going to upset them? How am I going to please them? What do they want from me? How do I get their attention? It's all about them. Like one way or another, it's all about them. So I think my top tip would be is to bring in that energy and focus that energy on you. What do I need? How do I get my needs met? What boundaries do I need to set in place? What is going to help support my mental health in this transition? What do I need for me? Where do I need to heal? What do I need to work on? What do I need to take accountability for? But it's shifting from them to me. Well, on that note, I... I always, um, you know, feel like people need to get, um, you know, maybe a a vision uh, for what they want their life to be like um, down the road. And, you know, based on what you're saying, which I completely agree with, it can be such a hard uh, thing to do when they've spent so much of their time focused on the other person and in the relationship. And, I'm just curious your your thoughts um, as you, you help people um, through this. How, how important is it for them to try to develop a, a vision um, for what they want their life to be like in the future? I think it's absolutely necessary. I think without having that vision, you can't really heal and you can't move forward from that from that relationship. And I think that's why a lot of times people get stuck in these on and off relationships. And it's because they've never really created a life outside of that relationship. They might separate or they might even go through a full divorce, but their life pretty much looks the same and nothing significantly has shifted. So it's very easy to fall back into that relationship when you're feeling lonely, when whatever the case may be, nostalgia comes up, whatever the case may be. So a lot of the work that I do in therapy with my clients is helping them to envision what this life would look like and what changes need to happen to be able to create this life. And ultimately the goal is that you create this life that you're so in love with and that you feel so proud of and that you enjoy so much and find so much fulfillment in that the idea of risking it by bringing your ex back into the photo is not even something that you even want to consider. That's, uh, I think that's great, great advice, um, especially that, that last part. I wish that um, some of our clients in the past had um, heard that from you um, first. Um, it may have made things click in a little bit more, uh, especially when they're, they're in the spot of take, having taken a couple of um, steps uh, towards progress and they, they get to that little phase where um, I think any reasonable person has with change where a little bit of doubt starts to um, set in, maybe right where it, it starts to get hard. And they, they sometimes um, might have a tendency to 
let that other person back in. So I think that's great advice with that. Um, so when it comes to actually developing that vision that, that can help so much when it's, it's vivid and powerful, what I usually end up telling our clients is they're having a hard time um, coming to grips with what that vision should be, which I, I just see people who've been in a multi-decade long toxic relationship um, having because they sometimes haven't had an adult life um, mm-hmm. that they, they can be happy with. Um, my team and I, we tell, tell our clients, hey, like at least try to find something you should start doing, something you should stop doing, something you should keep doing. We borrowed it from business coaches. They, they tell, tell us that in our, running our business. Um, you know, but just from your standpoint and, and helping people maybe in a little bit more intimate level with, with mapping out um, their, their future life, um, it'd be great to, if you could share a couple of your, your best tips for the things they should be thinking about as they're trying to define you know, their, their so-called best life moving forward. Absolutely. I think number one, like, uh, like you were saying, I want to normalize like that ambivalence because it's really hard to step away from a decade plus long relationship. And as toxic as that relationship was, there's probably a lot of wonderful memories, milestones, um, things, even qualities that you may appreciate from that person in the midst of everything that's toxic. It's not black and white. I think we often in society, we want to see it as this very black and white, very neatly cut in the middle kind of thing. And it really isn't. It can be messy. Um, And when there's children involved, you can't just fully disconnect from that person. Now you also have to figure out how to co-parent. And by the nature of co-parenting, you are to some extent aware of what's going on in that person's life, which can make it difficult to set boundaries and kind of distance yourself from an emotional perspective. So I think it's important to acknowledge the very real difficulty, even when people have the best intentions of moving forward. And I think that that's where self-compassion is also important um, in, in practicing that. Um, But I would definitely say that going at your pace is really important. I think sometimes when you're going through this process and you're talking to family and friends, they're maybe encouraging you to make these very radical decisions or very radical changes in your life. And their intention comes from a good place. Like they want to see you in a happy place. Um, But everybody goes at their own pace. And I think, again, here's where we want to shift and bring the focus back to us. We don't want to shift and put the focus on someone else. We want to bring the shift back to us. What feels right for me now? Maybe going no contact feels right for me now. Maybe that doesn't feel right for me now. And maybe I want to figure out some boundaries to have some level of contact with this person. Again, especially if there's children involved. Maybe I'm not ready to like move across the country, right? Like whatever the case is, I think we really need to focus on what we're ready for at this moment. The idea is that we're not stuck, that we're always moving and taking steps, but it doesn't mean that we have to take these big radical steps from day one. I think that piece is really important. Um, I would also say completely revamp your routine. Um, You can't, like, I think sometimes it's hard to see how our routines are so intertwined with our partners, even if we, especially if we felt alone in the relationship. Um, we're like, no, we're like two different people. We're roommates. But no, there's still a lot of things that are intertwined. There's you do things at a certain time because it's convenient for your partner or whatever the case may be. Maybe you're sitting and having dinner and you're not talking to each other, but you're still having dinner together. And so really revamping your routine is really important because every time that you're supposed to be doing something together and you're not, 
that intensifies that sense of loneliness, that sense of missing them, and really that sense of maybe wanting to reach out and all of these negative thoughts or intrusive thoughts can be intensified. So we wanna create a routine from scratch that fits this new life that we're trying to create, right? Um, and another big suggestion that I give people is find either a passion project, maybe a new business, maybe um, like philanthropic work, whatever the case may be. Maybe you want to go back to school, whatever it may be, but find something that you're really passionate about that adds meaning to your life, not just something that occupies your time, but something that adds meaning and value to your life and devote a lot of energy into that. Because as you're trying to revamp your routine, you're going to probably notice that there's some gaps that are hard to fill because these were things you did with your partner. And so now that your partner's not there, it's like, what do I do with these gaps of time in my day? And that's where this passion project can really help fill in those gaps and bring up positive emotions. Sounds like great advice and um, kind of, you know, triggers another question I, I wanted to ask you. Um, and, and that's about getting excited about life um, for after the relationship. What breaks my heart, you know, as, as a lawyer um, and, a, and somebody owning a business that's really focused around making people's lives better is when we see somebody, um, a, a client of ours, and they, like, they don't know how great their life um, can be. Um, they, they feel the, the decades of just, um, you know, in some cases, um, uh, abuse, um, sometimes even physical, but they can't see all the opportunity that lies ahead as, as I can, my team can, I, I, I know you probably could. And we just want to get them excited about everything they, they have to look forward to in the future. And, you know, finding that passion is, is a great, great step to that. But do you have any extra special uh, super secret advice for the people that just can't seem to really get a smile on their face about the first day of the rest of their lives? So I try to bring it down, right? Like you don't have to be super excited. You don't have to be that person that's throwing a divorce party. If that's not you, that's okay. If that's you, that's great. Go throw it, go have fun. <laughs> We've seen some of those, but yeah. <laughs> yes. But if that's not you, that's okay. However, how can we make ourselves feel slightly better than what we were feeling before? We're not in this abusive relationship anymore. We're not in this toxic relationship anymore. We're out of this. Like that is not our reality anymore. So why can help me feel just even a little bit more excited or a little bit more optimistic or a little bit more energized about the fact that I'm not in that relationship anymore and that I really have like this blank canvas in front of me. I can really create a life that feels right for me. Um, I have a lot of options I didn't have maybe a day ago or a week ago or whenever ago it was, right? And so really thinking about that blank campus, but also bringing it down. We don't have to be super excited right away, but there's probably a little thing different that we can do that can help us feel slightly more optimistic. And maybe, maybe that's taking on a hobby that you really enjoyed. And throughout this relationship, you maybe stopped doing that hobby. Um, and that hobby brought a lot of joy. And maybe it's getting back into that hobby. Um, maybe it's, you know, going to the gym, or maybe it's doing something, something that we've maybe have found joy in it before, haven't done it in a while, and it can feel like we're coming back to ourselves. That's uh, great advice, kind of the uh, the one step at a time, one bite at a time um, kind of approach. I hadn't really thought about it that way before. It's um, 
I, I appreciate uh, the enlightenment on that. That's anybody can do one little little thing um, at a, at a time, and I, I think that's excellent advice. So I'm, I'm gonna probably steal that. Um, yeah, uh, welcome. Tell, tell me <laughs> and tell me, Genesis. I you know some people they I, I think we've progressed in. Uh, the world this day and age to where they uh, pe people out there um, no therapists um, can help um, but I think there are still some people out there that just don't understand how a therapist like you um, can help them when um, they're dealing with uh, moving on from a relationship so if, if you don't mind maybe just talk a little bit about um, you know how, how somebody how you and somebody with your expertise as a therapist can help people navigate this this process of um, exiting a, a difficult relationship. So I think it's important to understand that this is very multi-layered. So kind of like you said, um, when a relationship ends that has been a decade plus long, it's probably been most of your whole adult life. And so you've never been an adult not in a relationship. And so that in itself is a very big shift. And it's kind of like an identity existential crisis kind of moment of, you know, who is Genesis, right? If Genesis is not in a relationship. Um, then there's also like, potential childhood trauma that we may have experienced, right? Um, I always, like my running joke is all of my clients during their first session, they told me I had a great childhood. And then by session 10, we realized childhood was not that great. So it was traumatic, but it's not that great because we no one has perfect parents, right? And we don't live in like perfect circumstances all the time. And so if we go back to those negative core beliefs that I talked about at the beginning, those negative core beliefs form in childhood. And again, toxic relationships can solidify those negative core beliefs. And so we really, in therapy, we're able to identify those core beliefs or able to identify where they came from. We can help heal that relationship with your adult parents and kind of being able to like work on forgiveness, grief, and all of that stuff with them. And then also kind of transfer that into this relationship and kind of understand how those negative core beliefs played a role in your relationship, how to heal from that so that when you are ready to date again and you're ready to be in a relationship again, these negative core beliefs don't sabotage a potentially healthy relationship. That's, um, I think that's great advice. Um, and, um, you know, for the people that are listening to this and identifying um, with uh, you and, and what you're saying, um, if you can, please just talk for a moment about your therapy practice, um, how you help people, what what your approach is. So those people that are hearing this, um, you know, can get in touch with you. Um, so I come from a very like attachment focused background. Um, I really do believe that relationships are the focus of again, our mental wellness, um, and just the way that we show up in our lives. And um, although I have a heavy focus on romantic relationships, I do work with a lot of couples. Um, I also find a lot of joy and again, doing a lot of like inner child work and working a lot with adults and their relationship with their adult parents, because I do think everything comes from kind of childhood somewhere there. Um, I am Gottman trained. And so I am able to provide evidence-based therapy to couples. Um, I am a firm believer that couples therapy is always helpful and that we don't have to be at the verge of divorce to then seek therapy, um, couples therapy. I would actually encourage couples not to wait until the verge of divorce because sometimes it is yeah. unfortunately too late. Um, and so I definitely love seeing couples that are dating, couples that are engaged and doing premarital counseling um, and kind of coming at it from more of a preventive 
place where they maybe recognize, you know, in previous relationships, I've gotten the feedback that I'm not great at communicating. Or you know what, I came from a home where my parents didn't really know how to handle conflict. So I've never seen conflict handled in a healthy way. Um, I want to address these issues and I want to learn these skills at the beginning so we can have a strong foundation in our relationship and like not wait 15 years in when we absolutely hate our guts. Well, that, um, I think that's a, uh, a, a lot of great, great advice built into to that, especially the, the not waiting part as a divorce lawyer for um, mostly women. Um, you know, it, it's just, it seems like sometimes um, people wait, um, you know, husbands might be more guilty of this, um, you know, maybe a couple of women out there too, but they wait too long and some of the, the damage just, it becomes irreparable uh, based on uh, how somebody's perspective uh, shifts. And it's just for me, I mean, one of the reasons we're, we're doing this is going on a website, staymarriedflorida.com. It's just hopefully some people hear some of this stuff and maybe they can get uh, that help before it is too late. Cause it's just, um, I think a really disappointing thing when people have um, a relationship that that is healthier, can be healthy, uh, that they don't um, try to fix it. Um, but anyway, before I go off on the soapbox too much more, how do, um, Tell people how to get in touch with you. We'll have your your information in the, the show notes and we'll have it up on the video. But for those on the podcast, um, how do they track you down? So my website is healingconnections-therapy.com. And that's where you can learn more about my practice. And if you're in the state of Florida and want to work with me, um, all the information would be there. Um, and then you can also find me on Instagram at the, at the Miami Therapist. Awesome. Well, Genesis, thank you so much for sharing some of your expertise today. I think this is going to um, come out great and really appreciate you taking the time out of your practice to do this. Thank you so much for having me. It was great.